Yo, what's good? Welcome to episode number 11 of the Be Yourself, Do It Yourself podcast. Um, I have been meaning to put this one out for a long time. This is a conversation that I had back in August with one of my close friends, Bloss89. If you don't know him, he's an amazing hip-hop artist, singer, and friend, honestly. Um, him and I have... We've done a lot of together over the years, and uh, I truly appreciate him just because he's just, he's really one of those goal-oriented goal and like really authentic people, I think. And uh, I don't know, I just really, really appreciate Bloss and everything uh, everything he does. So this conversation um, is from August 30th. We did a 24-hour live stream, uh, which I've talked about on the podcast once or twice before, but um, we did it to help our buddy Robin a blase as he goes by, um, raised some funds to do an amazing art project. Uh, it was a mural in Queens and he ended up using the funds to not only do that mural in Queens, but to do another one in the Bronx. And, uh, it was amazing. It was really, really an awesome day. So yeah, the, the conversation is a little dated. We do, uh, we talk a lot about 2020. We talk about how crazy of a year it was. And honestly, this conversation, I kind of just listened back to most of it just now. And it's more about him and I catching up, I feel like, than anything because, you know, this was at a point where not a lot of people and still to this point, we have we have not been hanging out a whole lot. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to be able to catch up with Bloss on the podcast. I would love to do a part two and actually get more into um, a bunch of music stuff and a lot of things we didn't cover because we only had a certain amount of time this day to uh, to do everything. But yeah, this was a cool conversation. We just talk about his him growing up in Yonkers. We talk about authenticity. We talk about Taco Bell, where it really was like a very unplanned conversation where we just sat down and chatted. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do on whatever you're listening to this on, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, clips are being rolled out on YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, check out the 914 Collective, Shake Out, uh, everything I'm doing. You can follow my personal accounts at AJ Chiarella, which is just my name. Um, but yeah, without further ado, check, check out this uh, conversation with my boy, Bloss. This will be the last one that is dated back. I have to start having more conversations, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah, expect a lot more on, on the way. And uh, cheers. Guest on Be Yourself, Do It Yourself is my longtime homie, Bloss89. Yo, 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 yo. What's good, bro? Um, for anybody who may be just tuning into this podcast for the first time, because even though we're live right now, this will be on the streaming platforms at some point. Facts. Um, if you're tuning in, it is August 30th. We are 2020. We are here uh, doing a 24-hour live stream to help our friend Robin raise some funds to do... Um, to do a mural in Queens, New York, a, a really cool, like, civically engaged mural, and uh, and then more from from there. Hopefully, more past Queens, and he can do, bring them into Yonkers and then and Westchester and all that. Uh, but he's actually painting Bloss. He's painting. <laughs> he's painting this face that you might have been seeing all day. Um, but yeah, this is so. This is the Be Yourself, Do It Yourself podcast. This podcast. I'm gonna explain this to you, 
boss because you, you know it's new and maybe you, you probably haven't maybe haven't heard it yet. I'm just too yeah I'm too big for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- this podcast basically is what the, is in the title, and I'm just talking to homies that I think uh, do the thing and they do it with authenticity and they do it because they want to be doing it and they love to do it and telling their stories and uh, talking about our connection and yeah. all that. That's dope. I don't plan the conversations. We just sit down and have them. I mean, homies, you know? Yeah, bro. It's like, that's it. It's easy. It's, it's easy, easy game. So uh, let's start. All right. Let's start. Um, let's start with how you and I met. How about that? Do you remember? I remember. Uh, I don't remember like the day we met, but I remember the early stages and I remember where how we met. Uh, okay. I know we met through our mutual friend, Gina. Yes. Shout out, Gina. Shout out to Gina. Uh, we met... Um, so I don't remember the, this timeline. So I, you, you played a show we did at we put together at the Yonkers Skate Park. Yeah, uh, like I, years ago. It was probably one was of your like first my, shows. Yeah, might have been early. like my third or fourth. Yeah, early. Yeah. Uh, but I know I also my first one was with Candace. Shout out to Candace. Oh right, at Manhattanville. At Manhattanville. Right, right, right. But I all because I saw you at the the I think it was the it was called the New Eurekan. Yeah, yeah, the Post Cafe. I saw you yeah. there because I went with Gina, and I remember. Uh, Ant was there, and uh-huh. Marzi was there, yeah. and all those guys were over there too. So that was that's probably my my personal earliest memory of which like, was like the beginning of our journey, honestly. So you were there from the jump. Yeah, that's that was my that was my earliest because I remember Gina just being like, "Yo, this is." I'm just, trying to think what year that was too. It's got to be twelve, maybe. No, I started in fourteen, so maybe fourteen. But I didn't start doing shows until oh, okay. maybe fifteen. I don't know. Oh, it's later. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Cool. All right. So it's later than I thought. I thought I thought it was like, dude. Well, my memory was bad. Bro, dude, I've been I've been doing this music thing for way too long. I know. I, know. <laughs> I don't. Nothing. Nothing blurred. Like, I, and also like when I have close friends or friends that I made through this, I always assume that I met them in like 2005. Let me tell you something. I can't remember anybody. <laughs> I'm sure I shook pe- I shook people's hands outside. I was like, nice to meet you. And then afterwards, I was like, I've definitely met that person before. I'm a fucking dick. <laughs> it's cool, dude. I did. I do the same thing. I'm horrible. My memory is just yeah. I'm bad, bad with names. I'm bad me with. Too. I'm I'm pretty good I'm with, faces. with faces. I'm pretty. Uh, pretty good with faces. I'm pretty bad with names. I just said hello, nice to meet you. Oh, I met you before. I'm sorry. That's all. <laughs> I say I'm sorry. Nice to meet you. Well, we've all anybody that's been sitting in the backyard today has all been seeing you because we've look, been looking at your face all day. I know. I'm sorry about anybody that. Anybody watching the stream has been looking at your face <laughs> I'm all so day. Sorry about that. It's, dude, it's gonna be sick. Um, so yeah, so that's my earliest memory of of us meeting. Um, wow, New York and Poets Cafe. That's crazy. Yeah. So, really so dude, there? what was the what was the jam then? Uh, you, you maybe don't want to say. Uh, I remember there was like a, a jam that people knew by you, like that. Yeah. Was, so we had we slot? had um, we had formed uh, or I had joined. I guess they were trying to make this collective or this label called Adamant Records. Oh yeah. And it was Gino who's from Yonkers and uh, Huff who's from Yonkers. Huff. Yep. yep, yep. I still keep in contact with. Went my to high brother. school. Both those guys. They're a little older than me. Oh, you went okay. They I went to Yonkers High School. Yonkers High School, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, they would always just randomly shout out, "Yo, it's Goon Time." Goon Time, that's there what it was. Go, yeah, it's Goon Time. <laughs> so I think the first instrumental I wrote to was off a of Rock Marcy instrumental, and I just started doing that chant. It's Goon Time in this bitch. Yep, yep. I, I remember that. That shit, I guess, took off for a little bit. It did, bro. It, uh, it hit. It I remember. Six. I remember. I remember Simple. your first. Was that your first mixtape that that came out on? It had the black cover. Yeah, I don't think it was on there though. I think I scrapped that off there. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. But I, it was definitely the first single I ever put out where I was comfortable to be like, all right. What was the name cool. of that mixtape? Uh, Jungle Theory. Jungle Theory, bro. I remember having that in my iTunes library. Yeah, I think before if, uh, I had Spotify. And if you all that. still have those songs in general to people who are listening, you're definitely an OG of Lost <laughs> Eighty Nine because 
I will never let people hear that. <laughs> <That's hysterical. laughs> all right, so let's let's actually all right, so let's roll back. Let's roll back further, further, further away, um, uh, to like the <clears throat> beginning for you. So like, as a as a kid, what, what when did you when did you get into music? When what was music for you? Fairly young, I would say, maybe six or seven. I would have like the memories of me dancing to Michael Jackson. Like my mother said that I just. It was Home Alone. I would make her put on Home Alone a hundred times a week. Okay. And then Michael Jackson. You know, I was always listening to fucking Beat It, to Billie Jean, and I just couldn't stop dancing like him, like grabbing my dick, everything. <laughs> it, was just, it was just something about Michael Jackson that I just, he was so talented. And uh, I think that's kind of like what planted the seeds. But um, just growing up, my mother listened to freestyle music when she was cleaning the house because she's Puerto Rican. And... Um, just a lot of like hits on the radio, you know, whenever we would drive. So I think those always planted the seeds to my love for music. But I would never go out of my way, I guess, to listen to music. I don't know. I was a very lonely child. What did what did you what did you gravitate towards? Like obviously Michael Jackson, but like when you say hits on the radio, what did you gravitate towards? Because I feel like our generation, uh, we're you know we're only what yeah. three two years, three years apart. Our generation, we had a different hits on the radio than what yeah. the radio doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, it does, but yeah. no one really you know. No one yeah. it, Like radio was different when we were kids because there, it was radio and MTV and Fuse, yeah. and these were the. Was thi- MTV around like ninety five, ninety six? I don't think so. I think that came like ninety eight, ninety nine, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Well, I I remember growing up in like TRL. Yeah, and, like, TRL. Well, I, That's and what I'm thinking of. TRL. I learned about music through watching TRL and yeah. watching Fuse and watching these, these things. So what what did you gravitate towards? <clears throat> Definitely a lot of MTV. Uh, I think MTV is what introduced me to Backstreet Boys. Okay. And, you know, NSYNC, Britney, all of them. And I was huge into Backstreet Boys. Me too. <clears throat> like, if you were listening to NSYNC, I was like, no, we're listening to Backstreet Boys. <laughs> and I was and I was AJ McLean for Halloween for like three years. That's sick. Just because his name, too. Yeah, I mean, I, he had the beard, the tattoos. I was like, that's who I want to be. That's funny. And Backstreet Boys, man, I remember buying the Millennium album. You know what I'm saying? I remember thinking the Millennium album was going to be the greatest album of all time because of the anticipation, the hype surrounding it. Yeah. And uh, when I bought it, it was everything that I wanted it to be. You know, they were all dressed in white on the cover. I was like, wow, Backstreet Boys, like they're gods to me, you know? And, and, um, dude, I felt the same way. I saw them in concert when I was like seven. My yeah. mom took me to you see them. You went, I never got to see them. I, dude, I saw, I've seen them twice because I no saw them in, way. my mom took me when I was like seven. And then, uh, when I was older in college, I, I took. You saw them I when you were it. older. I do when they came for the tour with New Kids on the Block in like 2013, 14, 13, 14. Yeah. Like I, I went out and I saw I saw BSB and uh, New Kids on the Block, and yeah. it wasn't even set. You know how usually you go to a tour and it's like one set and then the next set. Yeah. Totally intermingled. It'd be like Backstreet no Boys come way. out two oh, songs, so they was, they was two songs, and then like no new kids on the block. Who's a little bit older? They would come out and do two songs. It was kind of cool. It was pretty cool. They do songs. And I also remember one cool thing. Not to get too sidetracked into Backstreet Boys. Now you get me upset right now. But bro, when they did everybody at the one oh, in college, on. they played Back in Black. The backing band played yeah. Back in Black oh by ACDC. <laughs> That's fire. Yeah, it's fire. Anyway. That's when, that's when you know you've done it all. Oh, you're right. You so, could just do shit like that. Shit was sick. And, you know, like, they've been selling out tours for years. Yep. You know, so it just goes to show you that a lot of people don't really like, I don't know, I guess people discredit pop sometimes, but they had their time. Oh, dude, they definitely. They had their time, man. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have Justin Timberlake. No, we wouldn't I, have, I, I agree. Um, you know, just, those are great memories to me. 100%. You know? 
Hundred percent. So all right. So you you gravitated towards so Backstreet Boys, Michael Jackson, and then uh, around that time, my mother was taking me to a babysitter. Okay. There was this lady from church because my grandparents are pastors of a Pentecostal church. So my mother was very busy. My father was very busy. So she would take me to the babysitter. It was this lady from our church, uh, this tiny little Ecuadorian lady. And um, she lived in Washington Heights. And whenever I would hang out with her, she would have me hang out with her son, who was about, he was 16. I was maybe eight, eight years old. And he was listening to Jay-Z. He was listening to, to Biggie, to Mace, to, one, to 112, Little Kim, all that. Oh, nice. And he's pretty much the person that opened my, the, opened the door to that world for me. Because I was listening to, like I said, Michael Jackson, Backstreet Boys, pop hits on the radio. Right. Because my mother didn't really listen to hip hop. You right. know, she didn't come from that world. She came from a church world. So when she got to rebel as an adult, she was listening to all the hits on the radio. And I guess she wasn't around people that listen to hip hop. So once that door opened, I was like, what the fuck is this? And it was just, it blew my mind. It's all I wanted to listen to. So as I let the fire die on BSB, because they were kind of dying down too, it was just hip hop from there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's dope. That's cool. Um, all right, so 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 growing up, when did you did you were you the kind of kid that like when the radio played you sang? Was that, is that was, was for sure? You like sang I think my mom in like a way that you're like, oh, I could do this kind of singing, or was it just no, like just my like mom a just always noticed that I just loved attention. Yeah, you know anything for a reaction or whatever. Like I don't know why I liked attention so much. I think I was just so hyper that I just like, oh, let me see like who I can make laugh or something like that. So. Mm. I think every time it came on, I was always singing. She was always singing with me too, but with the whole Michael Jackson dancing and all that shit, I just loved entertaining, but I didn't know what it meant. I just know that I loved dancing when music came on. And the thing is, my father's from Ecuador. So his family would always use our birthdays as an excuse to party. Right. And, oh, your son is turning nine? Everybody, I'm talking about like 30, 40 relatives, would cram into a two-bedroom apartment and party until five in the morning, and we were partying with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it was like a family thing. Yeah, man. I I used to see, I saw this one meme that cracks me up. It's like, oh, when you go into the room where they hang the clothes, like the jackets, and you see that one kid sleeping, like on the pile. That's (laughs) what it was. Like the kids that were partied out. They would sleep in the room where all the jackets were. Right. There was always one bed that had jackets. Yeah, of course. And but that's me, everybody's house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I yeah. No, that, like, that's, uh, that's totally everybody's house. Like growing up, like it's like uh, when you get to someone's house, it's like uh, where I put my jacket. Oh, uh, we put it in that bedroom on the bed. I'll take it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought it was like a Latino thing. I didn't know. No, I was, no, I'm okay. happy to hear that. But, <laughs> but I was up all night with them dancing, all types of music, uh, merengue, bachata. Yeah, all that man, and that's where my love for like dancing and and just being in the spotlight because I was the youngest kid there dancing. Right, I think that really what groomed me for later on. Word. So okay, cool. So so growing up, then uh, what kind of were you, were you into school or you were just like school was not your thing? Or, oh, it's, not, it's something I never actually asked anyone on the podcast. I before. hated school. You hated school. I think what it was, I don't know. I think I was just I always wanted to just goof off, and. I really think that uh, I had such a gift for talking my way out of things that if I ever got in trouble, I would just, you know, talk my way out of something. I can never talk my way into a good grade, but I was good enough 
for people to leave me alone and get by. You know, I hated school. Like, I was sleeping in every class. I was that kid, unfortunately, that was sleeping in every class and couldn't wait to graduate. And my graduation was the worst. I had to graduate in summer school. And I'll never forget it because I broke my mom's heart. Yeah. My mom is, uh, I went to summer school like three times. Yeah. I was that bad. In, in, in high school or just throughout? In high school because I, yeah. I was never on time for first period. Couldn't wake me up. So I always failed first period. And <laughs> did I always, you, were, did, were you in charge of getting yourself to school? No. That's the worst part. Oh, wow. I would just be in bed. My mom was like, yo, get up. Huh. And I'm just like, I'm like dead. I yeah, would take the longest shower. My mom would be like, yo, get the... F-. You like, just didn't care about it. I didn't care, man. And it sucked because my mom did everything she could. Yeah, of course. I really raised hell in that regard. But um, but um, summer school... So basically, I was a super junior. You know? Like, I had... I was one credit shy from being a senior. And... So you were, you knew basically going into senior year yeah, that, that you were doing school. I was doing worse my senior year. And then you, but you knew you were doing school after senior year. You were like... I'm, I was like, I was like fuck it. I ain't going to summer school. I'm going to get left back. <laughs> I don't know why I thought like that. But I was just so bored. It's kind of funny, too, that... Like, the, the mentality, and I mean, it's also the mentality of like a 17-year-old, but like the mentality that you're like, I hate this, so I'm going to do so bad that I might have to do it again. I know. I was okay with that. It's kind of funny because school, for me, uh, was kind of was similar in the sense that I knew that I never wanted to be there. And I went to college, dude. I went to college yeah. all the way through grad school. God bless you. But I knew that I never really wanted to be there. But my mentality was do as well as I can. Can yeah. I, I mind you? Like I could have done better. Yeah. I've always could have done better. But do as well as I can so that I didn't have to stay there, especially in college. Didn't yeah. have to stay there a second longer so like, I could get out and do the things that I actually wanted to be doing. I, I don't know why I didn't think like that. I was I was just like you know what my senior year as a super junior, I have to take every class extra classes extra credit. I didn't have a lunch period because I had to take a class. Oh yeah. And I was still cutting that class to get lunch, sneaking into the cafeteria because our cafeteria like. They would check you. Yeah, Lincoln. They they would check you. They were like, "Are you? Do you belong here?" Yeah. Like the whole year, you would have to have your schedule or something. Still do that. Yeah, I always thought Lincoln was just prison. Yeah. You know, because when I was in Saunders before I got kicked out of Saunders, we used to go outside and eat. Yeah. They would let us go outside and eat. Lincoln is like, "No, you're gonna eat this motherfucking Chinese food that we have here, or this ham and cheese. One slice of each ham and cheese (laughs) bagel, having to put fucking hot fries on it just to like fill myself up." So. The only classes I was passing was English. You know, I was getting the highest grades in English and theater arts. I was doing plays in high school. Oh, nice. I didn't the know The only that. things I was interested in, yeah. I wanted to be an actor at one point. I was doing every play. Every play, they were like, Blasco, you should try out. I was always doing a lead role. You know, I did fucking, I was Van Helsing in Dracula. That's awesome. And we did three nights back to back. And it was like, that's it. I'm going to be fucking Brad Pitt. That's it, you know? That's I never knew that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, man. So, okay, so after but post high school that wasn't the move. Right? Like you just didn't you didn't have a you didn't have the the passion to like keep going with that specifically uh, or post what? high school, I guess I didn't keep in touch with my theater arts teacher cuz she was willing to help us out. I think I was just so drained from high school that I took a break from everything. Anything academic period. Yeah. You know, um because like I said, like I was supposed to, I was going to get left back. I'll never forget. My mother said, oh, we have to go to the post office. I missed a, a package or something. And there was a letter saying, oh, I'm going to summer school. Mm-hmm. And she was like, wow, I bought you this fucking card. She was crying in front of me. I bought you this card. And it says, congratulations, you did it. 
you know, for me graduating, and I'm just like, ah, oh, shit, I have to go to summer school. You had and to I graduated in summer school. They had a ceremony. It was embarrassing. I was heavy into panic at the disco at the time, so I straightened <laughs> my hair out, and I looked That's like a hysterical. fucking fool. I had no sideburns, no beard, so I just looked, and I just had this really fat face. So What like, year is this? 07. <clears throat> okay. Yes. Oh seven. I was heavy into Panic at the Disco. That's funny, dude. I wanted to look like them. That's awesome. Yeah. Brendan Urie, bro. Shout out. I know. I was in love <laughs> with their music. But um Yeah, so pretty much that's like my high school. I took the year off and uh then I got into music. So then you got all right, so you took the year off and then you got to music. So the band? Was that the first? Yeah. I don't remember how because I didn't really know a lot of people. I knew there was a scene in Yonkers like low key. Yeah. Around 0809. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. A, I remember it was, they had the haunt on Yonkers Ave. Yeah, it was dying off a little bit. That was, was. I was around the time you were getting into it. Like around the time, like I started playing in bands in 05. Okay. And like 05, 06, 07, it's pretty good. And then like 08, 09, 10, like my, towards the end of my high school, I remember. Yeah. Uh, it started to it started to slow down a little okay. bit. Okay. So that's the story of my life. I didn't know a lot of people. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was a very lonely person throughout the years that I didn't even know there was a scene going on in 05. Right. You know, so 0809 comes. I don't know if someone reached out to me. I think someone reached out to me. Said, hey, we're kicking out our fucking screamer. Uh, I heard you could sing. Do you mind singing for us? How did they hear that you could sing? Uh, what was I doing? I don't even know. I think someone had told them. Someone said, hey, I know this guy who's a really good singer. And were you, was that from you just singing in plays or was that from you singing in like the shower? Like, I don't know because the only experience I ever had was singing in church. Got it. I used to sing in church. My grandfather is a pastor. He would preach for like two hours, but before the, the he got into that, he would have a special hour for people to either do like plays, pantomimes, or sing. Mm. And he was like, yo, you're a good singer. You should sing for us. And I was singing in church. So I don't know if someone from my church, because I know a lot of people that from my school would go to my church sometimes. Yep. And I don't know if it was just like a word of mouth thing, like, hey, I know this guy that fucking sings at church. I think he would be a good addition, but they found me somehow. And I was like, uh, okay, sure. They have no experience singing for a band, no experience writing. So it was just like, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, I don't even remember how it happened. It was so long ago. That, yeah, yeah. So your band was A Man, A Wave? Uh, no, it was actually called... Uh, oh, is that a different name at the time? Or it was a different band? Yeah. Um, the first band I ever joined was Love, Lies, and Ashes. Love, Lies, and, that's Love, a, Lies, yo, and that's, Ashes. That's, that's a very 2008 name. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that was on the neon green yeah, yeah. shirt with I the... I forgot what... It's a, it was a song title for a band, but I forgot which band, which hardcore band, but Love, Lies, and Ashes from Yonkers, New York. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. So, um, Love Lies and was that the same band? Like, was it the same guys as a Man Wave, or is it totally? So, different? I think it was led by this girl named Anna who played bass. Um, this kid named Rigo, Turtle on drums. Oh, Turtle, Turtle. shout out, dude. And this girl named Anna who we called Frankie on guitar. And um, they ended up, I think, they ended up uh, kicking the girl out. Frankie, Anna, they kicked her out of her, and I think she started the band. Oh, wow. They kicked her out of the band. They found this guy named Jay, who was a beast on guitar. And we had practice one day. He pulls me to the side and he's like, yo, uh, he said Carnifex. There we go. That hey. was the band. Love Lies and Ashes Carnifex, probably. Most likely. Sounds familiar. But he was like, hey, man, I'm not going to lie to you. Everybody sucks. I'm going to keep you. He goes, oh, we got to get rid of this person, this person. I'm like, bro, you're trying out for the band. How are you going to tell me you're going to kick these people out and just keep me? And he wanted to start another band. 
pretty much. Yeah. And I was very conflicted because I was like, damn, my loyalty lies with this band. You know, like they they gave me my chance. We did one show up to this point, and my first show was at the YMCA. Hell and yeah. my first show, I got into a fight because somebody kept purposely moshing into me. Nice. And the third time, I was like, if this motherfucker hits me one more time, I'm going to body him. He fucking cartwheels into me, and I just grab him. During the set? or During my set. You first got into a fight during the... Yeah. <laughs> okay, first wait, tell time. me. Did you, how did the fight go? Is it, is... So, <laughs> I think this guy's drunk. Yeah. And he's a part of another band. And I'm on the floor because there's no stage. And whatever stage they have on top only fits the band. So, I'm on, sta- on the floor. I'm singing. I'm screaming. My first show, I'm nervous as fuck. Not even looking at people. Eyes closed. Yep. This guy's just moshing into me. And the first time, I'm like, ah, okay, cool. You know, he's drunk. Second time, I'm like, all right. This nigga wildin'. Word. Third time, I'm like, yo, I'm, I just grab him. There was a stack of chairs. I threw him into the chairs. And then, like, he tried to fight me, but, like, everyone was holding him back. And I'm just, you know, I'm like, whatever. And that was it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't throw no fist. I just threw this kid into a chair, a stack of chairs, and he got up, wanted to fight me. No one wanted that to happen because they didn't want the show to stop. So that was my first experience. That's funny, dude. That's a good story, though. That's a really yeah. good story because, like, Think about how many shows you've played since then and how many you will play past mm-hmm. past now. And, like, you can always remember back to that first show you ever had where yeah, you bro, weren't looking at anyone rolling. and you almost got into a fight. <laughs> it's an amazing memory because I was like, all right, cool. It's good to look back on. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, all right, so, 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 you, so you end up breaking off with the band and going with this other this other dude? So he ends up kicking everybody out. I think he keeps Turtle. He keeps. Um, <laughs> he, wait, he kicked them out, or he, okay, okay, or, okay. He, or he was like, he didn't want to keep everybody. Or he was he like, yo, up, let's go start another band. Was he like, yo, I'm in this band now, but you're not anymore, and you're not. I was conflicted. I was like, what do I do? I, do yeah. I, gotta, I gotta tell these guys. Yeah, yeah. And he ends up just kicking out one person. Keeps oh, yeah. everybody. Then he kicks out the other person. How did he do? How did he kick them out? I don't understand. He just said, hey, we're gonna <laughs> listen, man. This guy has some balls. <laughs> and they were just like, uh, okay, <laughs> you know. And we ended up starting our own band, I guess. But, and that was yeah, but they didn't away. do anything after that. Once we, once we started our own thing, they didn't do anything. So it was kind of like he kicked them out, because they really never went anywhere after that. Right. So, so in leading up to like being in this band in high school, were you listening to like a lot of like, were you listening to a lot of rock music, a lot of post hardcore? Did you like get more into in, uh, again, invested was, in it because you were in the band? So again, story of my life thing of being lonely. Like I didn't have any friends that like I can go to the house, watch baseball, basketball, football with. You know, I didn't have anybody that would be like, yo, you got to listen to this new band. I'm telling you, like, I was a very, I'd go home, play by myself. That was my life for years. And you liked and, it that way? No, I guess. I mean, I had friends, but, like, my mom didn't really want me to sleep over people's houses. Uh-huh. and Very paranoid. Okay. And I guess I was just so accustomed to that that I would just go home by myself and just play with my cousin or... Whatever, Play but they were never like, "Oh, you should listen to." Th-. I never had anybody to guide me. Where it's like, "Oh, you should listen to this guy." Mm-hmm. The only person was the babysitter's son, and I was old enough to not have a babysitter anymore, so that connection died, and I never had that again. So, once I joined this band, it's kind of like it opened my world to post-hardcore because that's the music the guitarist wanted to make, like Thursday kind of music, um, Sayosin. Like Circa at the survived. time, like yeah, 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 Circle was getting big or was big, so. I kind of had this really like this overhaul of all this information of all these bands. And I was like, where the fuck have I been for the last 10 years? You know? Yeah. yeah. So, so, and how old are you? I think the, I'm 19, 19 at this point. 19. And, and I think Deftones was the band that kicked the door down. 
That's like you were like yeah. Yo, I think my senior year or my super junior year was the year that um someone introduced me to Deftones and I was like, oh, what's this? And they were like, oh, you know, this is some new metal band. Like, but they're fucking like the, the singer is just amazing and. Uh-huh. I was big on singing, so... You know, it's funny. I never I never got into Deftones. Uh, you know what? I have and, so many friends that say that. And it's not that I, it's not that I don't like Deftones. I don't know that I can name a Deftones song. Okay. I just never... I never I never dove in. Well, why don't you now? I should. I will... Have to, this will inspire how long, me How too. long have you been saying that? Never. Yeah, I feel like you've been saying that for a minute. I just never got into Deftones. Get into it, motherfucker. Okay, all right. After this, I will. Yeah. After this conversation. But that kicked the door down. That kicked the door down to, um, you know, to like Dance, Gab, and Dance... Um, you know, just all those bands that were doing the melodic singing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over all that shit. So. And you were were you screaming in the band too? Huh? Were you screaming in the band too? Yeah, I was terrible at first. So you were I just were you man. just you were just mem- you were mimicking what you what you heard. I started doing like lessons. Like there was that lady. What's that lady? Melissa Cross. Yeah. You, you know paid for those? No, man. No, my cool. boy had like. Oh, like a DVD. My boy or had the hack, you know. So. Uh, oh, I got you, got you, got you. You know, she's, she's expensive. Yeah, but you know, I never. I never went into this game like thinking that I knew everything. No, of course not. I was a student first, just like hip hop, like we're, just like music in general. We're all students. One hundred percent. You know, so whenever we would perform, I was never really comfortable at first because I'm like, you know what? I'm a guest in this genre. You know, what I'm saying I never had the experiences like where I'm sure, you know, you're with your friends listening to music, right? Like I'm sure you would listen to records with your friends. Yeah, growing up for me, it was. Uh so for me, my situation was that my my boy John Sipa, who I think you you know and you've met, he he helped me run the the yeah, skate park shows back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, him and I we played basketball together, like little league basketball for Bryn Mawr. And uh, the same, around the same time that I got a guitar, his pops bought him a bass. Yeah. And we didn't really know each other, but our my our, my dad and his dad would talk at the basketball games, and they were talking about, oh yeah, we just got AJ a guitar. Oh, we just got. Oh, I'm getting John a bass for Christmas, and then what actually ended up happening, which is a funny story, because I don't, I don't know if I've ever really told this before, but uh, I slammed my thumb in the car door, wow, and I broke it. Nice. And he broke his wrist in a way cooler way, wow, like I need some milk, man, like snowboarding or something. Yeah. And we had to sit at the sideline of the game. We still went to the games. We couldn't play. And we sat together because we had injured each other. We were both injured at the same time. Friends. He was a lot more valuable of a player than I was. I was not I was the kid in, in every sport team that I ever played on that wasn't the worst kid on the team. But I was, you know, like. At least you weren't getting picked last, you know? Yeah, I wasn't getting picked last, <laughs> but I definitely wasn't getting picked first. But he was always the really good player. I'm like, because yeah. I played baseball and basketball with him. And he was always really good at every sport. But, uh. Uh, but yeah, so he, uh, we became really close because of that. And then we ended up becoming literally best friends because we grew up learning to play guitar. He was learning how to play bass at the same time I was learning how to play guitar. So both of us found music at the same time in a lot of ways. And we both had parents, like dads that were really into music Mm -hmm. and into rock music. So they kind of pushed us along to learn. And then we found everything to, we kind of found everything together growing up, you know, like, when it was, he would find, like you just said, your friends would show you stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I would find something, i show him. When he found something, he would show me. And we were mm. just finding things together. See, that's a camaraderie I've earned for, for the longest. And I think it started when the band, like, formed, like, we would show each other new music. But they lived in the Bronx. I was all the way in Yonkers, so I really didn't see them unless practice. So. Right. And even your father, your father, I'm sure, introduced you. 
Yeah, I mean, when I was you five know? years old, I was wearing Gene Simmons makeup, going there to kids' you go. concerts. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, I didn't have any of that. So I wish I could have had it, but now I have that that chance with my son. Yeah, dude, you know what I'm saying to show him it's all amazing. the music that I love. So I don't know. It's important. I think that's that's just a, a lesson in life. It's just important to have friends and to to go through all those experiences together. Yeah, it's, you know what I'm saying because they really do mold us. hundred percent. Even being lonely molds you, and it's a gift and a curse. Because, yeah, I can enjoy my solitude. I don't have to be around people. But it would be nice because I think when you connect with people and you bring ideas and just have fun with people, like, it just does something for the world, you know? Yeah, especially when they're like-minded people, you know, for for sure. There's a lot. I mean, dude, look at, you know, this event today. Uh, Me, AJ, Robin have all been friends since since ninth grade. I'm sure. And we're, you know, 27 and we're still, like, and we grew up through... Music, art, skateboarding. This like I know we crazy. were the kids that were in high school together that were into all of this stuff, and we've just been figuring it. We've all been like simultaneously figuring it out, and like you know, like look what Robin's doing out there. Like yeah. I remember when Robin first started drawing in a sketchbook or was like painting on skateboards, mm-hmm. and like now look what he can create. And like you know, it's the the whole thing with you're right, friends like. Friends lift you up to like do a thing. I think they 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 kind of like push you to like do the next thing in a lot of ways. I mean, even shitty friends, even shitty friends have a purpose. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Growing older, um, as you go through many experiences, you become wiser, Lord willing. Like you learn what not to look for or, or what not to keep around. And sometimes you have to sever ties with people because as you grow older and you start doing things for your passion, for your goals, you kind of have to like rip the bandaid off. Some people just need to be separated and then kind of figure out what they're going to do with themselves because they're not progressing as a human or or as an artist or whatever they want to do. And they're not doing anything for you. Or you're not progressing in the same way anymore. Yeah. You know, and like, I I just believe in that. No, dude, you're as I've gotten older. Uh, my circle has gotten smaller. I think. <laughs> no, my eyes keep looking at the comments. I don't know why. Oh yeah, I just keep a, seeing like my peripheral it's, it's is just boy, like it's our boy <laughs> Joe skate park and Joe. Who's that, Sir Lance? Well, Sir Lance, I thought. Yeah, he's Sir Lance, a, I thought. He's skate park at Throgs Neck. Yo, I skate Throgs Neck. I skated there like two months ago. Throgs Neck. They got good Taco Bell over there. Why? How is their Taco Bell better than any other Taco Bell? Well, <laughs> it just hits. Bro, they got rid the of the potatoes. What do you mean the potatoes? A Taco Bell. Like the potato tacos and the... I've never had it. I'm sorry. Oh, you never had any of the no. potato stuff? Wow. Yeah, I'm they a got, simple man. They got they went simpler. Yeah, they got rid of the potatoes. I was like, damn. I... I've had their fries. They had fries for a while. The I don't know nach- if they still have the them. The nacho fries, yeah. I don't know. You kind of looked mm, a little disgusted by that. Uh, they're all right. You're just looking at the nacho fries. So what do you get when you go to Taco Bell? When I go to Taco Bell, I get... Uh, I'm a Crunchwrap Supreme guy. But most recently, I do the black bean Crunchwrap. I actually mm. really I enjoy the black beans a, a lot. healthier? A little healthier, no, you know how you're not eating the sandpaper meat that they give you, <laughs> the regular one, and uh, the potato tacos were, were a big thing for me. Potato tacos, uh, yeah, dude, fucked up. Yeah, those were really good. Either done, and then uh, I like everything. I like. I used to like the cheesy gordita crunch a lot, and uh, I've had everything on the Taco Bell menu. I bet, pretty much. Uh, you, what about you? Um, beefy five layer burrito, a steak quesarito. I'm, I'm yo, thanks for the follow. We just followed. Uh, <laughs> Three Dorito Loco Taco Supreme, um, twelve Cinnabon Delights. Oh yeah, but shared amongst friends. Oh okay, o- only one friend, uh, <laughs> and uh, no drink. I don't do soda anymore. What do you do for drink? Uh, wild Cherry Pepsi. I'm not a Baja Blast guy, man. I don't. Yeah, it's bro, too, people swear by it's Baja too Blast. Too sweet for me. 
Every girl that I've ever People messed hate, with hate on love me for that. Baja Blast. Yeah, they hate on me for that. I'm like, yo, it's too sweet. It's like, it's, I like soda, but this, that shit's too sweet. No. Um, speaking of friends, yeah. it's kind of, this is kind of a funny segue, but Taco Bell was like where we all hung out in high school after anything we did. Yeah. And and then college too, like and when I played in one fell swoop, like after a show, we went to Taco Bell, like where pretty much wherever we were, but like definitely in Yonkers, like yeah. that Yonkers Taco Bell. You know how it's, there's the no loitering signs in the yeah. parking lot? That's probably for me and the friends that I hung out with because we would just hang out in that parking lot for like three hours mm. and just like blast music and eat Taco Bell and like. But it's funny because like Taco Bell is actually like a thing that I think of as like a friend activity. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like I feel a, like you guys could get sponsored by Taco Bell too. Maybe. You know, I feel like <laughs> that's something that you guys never really. They do it to feed the beat. We should both huh? do it. They do feed the beat. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Oh yeah, what they, is that? They sponsor the artist? touring artists and they give you five hundred dollars for the road in Taco why Bell you've money. Never done that. I have no idea. I don't know either. Why you've never applied? I don't either. It's and it's, I'm, and I'm like, shocked that you don't have a Taco Bell tattoo. I don't. Yeah, I don't. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I do love Taco Bell. My uh, man said Dr. Pepper. Fuck out of here. Now, Dr. Pepper's pretty good. I do like I Dr. Know. Pepper. 23 flavors. The cherry Dr. Pepper. Is it good? That's 24 yeah. flavors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they add that extra. Wait, they have more flavors? No, no. Oh, they, that's they, their slogan. That's their slogan, 23 flavors. Oh, but I didn't now it's saying know. cherry. Now they're, they're, adding, oh, okay. they're adding the 24th flavor in there. What's that mean? Yo, $50 donated. Thank you so much for the $50 And that's for the, donation. Uh, for the fundraiser, For right? the fundraiser. Yeah, Shouts cherry. to you, man. Who, who did it? Uh, it looks. I'm trying to read it. Read it. it says Rose, Ross, Elisa, Alyssa, Rose, Ross, Elisa. Thank you, baby. Thank you so much. I'll make sure when I sing. I... <laughs> oh my god! Imagine you could take yeah, donations back. Don't, don't be creepy <laughs> on the friggin'. Uh, all right. So uh. moving on. You, you. Uh, so, so you, you're in a band. You're in a man wave. How many shows? You guys do a lot of shows. You did a couple. Right? Our like, first show was at the point. Uh, when the Bronx. Uh, Bronx Underground was popping. Someone said that. Someone said something about the Bronx earlier. Oh, you know why? Because I did a uh, podcast with Fernando, who FLC. runs at you FLC. FLC, I remember. I was watching that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so when we were talking so about we that. So we did right? a Bronx Underground show. was the point. And our first band name before Man Away was a Sky Cloaked in Gray. And such They're, a long fucking name. Everybody had long names. And we were like, yo, let's just change it because this shit's too long. And the acronyms were ASKIG. So I don't know. It was kind of funny. But I was like, yo, I'm Man Away. You know, I was listening to a lot of Fall of Troy. And one of the songs was a man of plan Panal or Canal Panama, some shit like that. I was like, yo, fucking a man of wave, man, the ocean. Yeah. And it stuck, a man of wave. And then we just started doing shows all around the Bronx and the Bro- in Brooklyn, in Queens. Bro- That's cool. And uh, do, what do you? What was your biggest takeaway from that? Was it just like learning how to be a performer? Yeah, for sure. I think learning how to be a front man, learning how to practice, which was the biggest takeaway. Because one thing that I've noticed in hip hop, or at least that I've noticed from the shows that I've done, and it's a lot of shows, um, a lot of people don't practice. Yeah. A lot of motherfuckers get on stage with 30 people, and they're rapping over their their uh, their they're tracks, yeah, you know, tracks, with yeah. vocals on I've it. I've seen that at your shows a lot. Yeah, and that's painful, because you're competing with yourself, and you're out of breath, and you're just not... A, that's the thing. A lot of people can rap. Not a lot of people can entertain. You're right. And the whole Michael Jackson, Backstreet Boy element came into effect after the band hmm. because the band years were the years where i was like you know it was like i lost my virginity i had to get better at fucking <laughs> and i was decent but i wasn't good you know no, no. we're all we're and we're all it's cool you know my favorite one of my favorite things about everything within uh music is that we can curse on this right of course all right cool all right, dude be yourself that's what i'm saying yourself, we're already knee deep in this shit so yeah, we fucking we yeah we curse uh but um 
yeah, no, uh, what I was going to say is that it's, it's always, you're always learning. Like, I'm, I love the fact that there's never going to, there's no cap on learning. No. There's zero there's cap on learning. You could be the best in the world. Mm-hmm. You could still be better. Well, I mean. At something, too. It doesn't even hmm. matter. Like, it could be better at singing or performing or adding things to your show. Or it could be better at making yeah. content. It could be better at, like, there's, you know, within music, there's so many avenues. Yeah. It could be better at managing. It could be better at, like, whatever it is, whatever you're, you find the interest in at the time. There's always something to learn. Well, this world is unpredictable, man. Oh, so yeah. we're always learning how to adapt. 100%. Look know? at this year. Yeah, of course. This year is just, it's wild, man. It's. It's super, it's overwhelming, but, um, you know, hopefully within the next year or so, we take everything, all the negative, all the bad, and just learn to put it, I mean, we already are, look at this, you know what I'm saying, we have fucking Robin outside painting me, which is insane, I'm gonna use that inspiration for a long time, because that's humbling to me, and and he's doing it for an even greater cause, Yeah. you know what I'm saying, and you guys are helping him put it together, Yeah. you know what I'm saying, like, you personally, you and AJ, and whoever else is involved that I don't know about because I'm terrible with names and people. But, like, you guys, to me, are very, like, pivotal for Yonkers. Appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? For the scene that we're trying to, like, bring back or always, you know, create, it's like, I always think of you guys. I appreciate that. You know, and you do a lot of work, man. So it's, you it, know. Uh, it's just, it's because it's, you have to, like, adapt to what's happening. You know, like. I don't know if it's, it's probably a big part of my ADHD, to be honest with you, that like I don't shut, my brain doesn't shut off, but like, I don't ever. I just need to go fap. (laughs) I don't know if that helps either. Oh, it does. (laughs) But I like, uh, I don't look at, I don't look at a, I oftentimes take way too much on, and I oftentimes don't. I look at, I think of a bigger picture and don't think of all of the minor details. And it's definitely a fault of mine to not think about all the minor details of things and just think of the big picture of a thing. But a do you lot. think you learn from that? Yeah. You know, because by, like, by being frustrated a lot and yeah. by making a lot of mistakes. But I feel like that's made you a lot better, more efficient. I see how you are on social media. Like, you know, you guys have a legit brand. You know, now it's just a matter of reaching the masses. Yeah. yeah like, that's, I see that, you on TikTok now and I'm like, God, I don't know if I have the energy to do that. I, yeah. You know, and you guys are always just trying to find ways to just make everything matter and, and to be you at the end of the day. Yeah, well, that what, the, what I was going to say is that I always try to look at the thing in front of me and go, when something goes wrong, what's, it's never, it never in my brain, it doesn't go, oh, now I have to stop. You know, like a lot of people look at COVID and they're like, they were like, yo, my band, like we we just have to go into writing mode and we have to like... And for me, I was on tour, dude, and I spent like a hundred. I, I probably spent like a hundred hours into booking that tour, like a lot of wasted time yeah. that I didn't get back. But even when we're driving back, both AJ and I were in this, and we're very similar in this way. Is that it was like, all right, well, we were supposed to be on tour for two more weeks, so what's next? Like, we go home and like, what happens now? Like, this was supposed to be this chunk of time that we were going to be doing the band. So like, what happens now that we don't get to play, right? And you yeah. figure out. Whatever the next step is, you just start. We just start. To, you start to adapt and work out. And I think yeah. that, unfortunately, especially in the music industry, with this and with this pandemic, it's the only way you can, anyone's gonna survive. I mean, I think you guys just really grabbed the fucking bulls by the horn, you know. And and it's inspiring because it showed me like, yo, man, these two skinny motherfuckers could do this. I could do this shit, man. Like, I just gotta get the equipment, the knowledge, and learn and fail. But it's doable. 
Yeah. You know, you guys were supposed to tour for two more weeks. You came back, and you're already setting up shop here, going live, and you've been doing this every week. Yeah, but I mean, I think just in general for anybody that's listening, like, if you really, if you really are in love with something, and especially if you're a musician mm-hmm. right now during the pandemic, like, oh, you don't, oh yeah, you don't put that shit down. You don't put it down. That and shit don't collect dust. It sucks because there are a lot of people. Very unfortunately, we're lucky, dude. And I'm gonna say this in a weird, in a, uh, what's I was gonna say this in a weird, uh, in a, almost a weird way, but. You know how we strive to be like musicians and touring artists as like our living? Yeah. I think we're very lucky that we weren't that before this. Because those people yeah. that's, that relied on that art and those tours f- to make money, to live, to pay their bills, very unfortunately now have to figure something else out. Where, like, it's happened already. Smaller artists like us. It's happened. We still have we have whatever else we did to make money. This was always still the side Unemployment, thing. bitch. Now nah. <laughs> yeah, that was me for a minute. It's still me, but it's still me. It just doesn't make me as much money anymore. But but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we, st- it's just like we still have the you know we got the. I mean, I'm not gonna throw dirt on anyone's name, but there's big artists, especially from this city, that they decided to do this whole mixtape thing. Where they'll be like, oh, tag an artist that's looking for opportunities. Oh, and they charge her. You know, and what they do is they'll charge you $650. You get to be on this mixtape that I'm hosting. And it's very unlikely that anyone listens to it. Yeah, man, that's not the You know what I'm saying? So it's because they can't do shows, which they rely on. They make mad money off that shit. You need it. So they're going to, I don't want to say scam, but it kind of feels like a fucking scam. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I literally don't know know what you're talking about at all, but I will say that you know i think everybody there's people that are in things for uh, selfless reasons and there's it's just that a shame because some of these self, people are legends are selfish reasons. some of these people are legends but they're trying to scrape by and they're trying to scrape by and they're using artists who are desperate that sucks who are up and coming you know and and it At sucks because no one's telling the artist hey you know i've had people dm me saying should i do this and i'm like bro i'm gonna be straight up with you yeah, fuck not no for, for, not take for, that no. money go shoot a music video or go, go put it into marketing. Go buy a, uh, a, an SM7B and, a, and an interface. And $400. Download, download Reaper. Because now you have unlimited amount of music that you can now make from your home during quarantine. You know, like, yeah. that is so much. That's mu- what I'm saying. Bro, it, like, that's can, why. I, and you said TikTok before, man. Yeah. But just in general, making things yeah. is the key. I've learned that more, even more so in this pandemic, that making things is is the key to anything you yeah, want man. to do. Unlocking anything. Content is king. Uh, you know? Unlocking anything, bro. Yeah. Like, that is it, man. If you just make things and you put yourself out there and you just be yourself and, like, you put yourself out there yeah. in a, like, genuine, like, this is me. Like, this isn't this isn't anybody but me. Yeah. Like, if people like you, they're going to be inclined to, to, to ride with you. If they, and there's... And there's Always recognizing that there's gonna people people that that don't like you. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's in everything. That's in everything. That's in everything. There's people you can't, that, you can't even care about that shit because nope. the I, truth is, you know, like I had a show where I was ready to kill that shit. I was killing it. No one liked it. Maybe like three people in a room of like two hundred people. I'm telling you, like, I re- I got no reaction after after every song. Like, no one cared and. They just weren't there for what I was doing. So it's like, yo, in everything in life, there's just people who are going to fuck with you. Focus yeah. on that. 
The people that don't, it's cool. You really can't do much to change their mind. Maybe one day, all you could do is be yourself because... That's the biggest yeah. thing, bro, because if you... can't cater to that. No, 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 because, yeah, if you do anything that's not being you, yeah, you automatically, you just... I don't know, man, like, you... That's when people come out and they have to apologize for something they did or said, or they... Oh, you man, know what I'm saying? Like shit drives me nuts. Right, like, you apologize. It's like... You know why I, you know, like I'm, I, and you can look at m- my track record of what I've done and I'm like, I, I, I've, I've always just tried to be myself. So yeah. like, if someone doesn't really like that, then that's on them. I mean, yeah. That's, I, that's not on, that's not I'm really. Sorry, my dick is not big enough for you to suck. So I'm going <laughs> to need you to get off oh it, you know? Like... Yeah. But that's right. You're, it's, it's on them. Like, it's not on me to apologize for being me. Yeah. The only time you have to apologize, you're going to end up apologizing, is if you tried to cater to something else and you're like, yo, that wasn't really me. Like, I, I, you know, I fucked up. Like, I said the wrong thing because I was. I mean, there's a price for everything, man. There's consequences for everything. We all all learn the lessons, though. And I think as long as you continue to be honest and genuine, like, you will get to where you have to go. Sometimes the road is longer, sometimes it's not. I agree. But eventually, if you are, if you, like, turn out to be something you're not, that's very taxing in itself, and people could sniff it a mile away after a while. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The smoke and mirrors only last for a long time. Yeah, and that's why, so this is an interesting thing to talk about, because it happens all across music. It probably happens, see, I just live in the world of music. Yeah. It probably happens everywhere. I even talked to Casey, and she talks about artists. Like Shout out to Casey. Yeah, shout out to Casey. Yes. And, you, you know, Casey's a paint, uh, she's, a, oh, she's, she's amazing. an illustrator. She's right, right. one of the first Blast 89 logos. Right, that's right, that's right. I Thank forgot you. about that. Um, but she she talks about how artists step on each other's toes too, like visual artists. They, they there's like a this sense of like uh, jealousy and gatekeeping oh, and all that God, kind of stuff. It's but it's so annoying. But um, I think that uh, it's <laughs> what was what was I getting at? I live in the world of you know I live in the world of music. You live in the world of music. When you go to a show, and I'm not gonna lie that I see it, uh, I see it more at the hip hop shows that I go to with you. Than I do at, at see what the uh, stepping on the toes. No, I see the everybody being something they're not. Oh hell yeah, bro! The, I'm, like I'm acting like they're like now. acting like acting like people think that it's a, that they should act bigger than they are. Like that's like a good like I'm gonna make it seem like I have the nice car and the nice chain and like my rap career is successful, even though that's it, the industry's fault. It is the industry. The industry 100%. finds a young kid, they pump that facade and now everyone sees that as a formula to get rich right so everyone ends up making shitty music and i don't even want to say shitty music because i look at music now as like it's not for me it's just yes you know what i'm saying because who am i to judge a hustle i mean there's some music where it's like yo that shit sucks but it's like you know what ah, it's not for me it's not it's your thing right. someone probably like yo this song changed my life so who am i to judge them for that but people see that formula and they end up mimicking it and it's even worse than the person who's mainstream with it so it, and it's not about and it doesn't connect with anyone. It's not about actually being yourself anymore. It's about being the yeah. thing that you think you created a persona that you think people want to see. A life. How do you create a life that you don't live? Yeah, man. Because then, uh, are you gonna live it? No, no. You know, exactly. like you can't live that life. You know, it's so much more interesting when someone literally gets on a microphone and they say, "Hey, I work a nine to five, and I'm like, I hate this." And I and like you know why? Because that is so much more relatable. I mean, because everyone in the venue was working a nine to five, Every, most likely. So know? much more relatable. Even the fucking bartenders, that's their nine to five. But like know? whatever, yeah, and whatever your reality is, you know, like just people actually speaking their their reality yeah. is so much more 
relatable than like than trying to be something you're not. Like I've seen, I've had advice from people over the years saying like, yeah, you see our social media presence, like our band looks bigger, like we look like a more popular band than we are, right? And so who? I'm not gonna say people's names, but like <laughs> people people you. over the years, right? Like. And it does, and you do. You look at their social media, and all their pictures are perfect, and their videos are perfect, and they're like, God "We're playing them. this place," and like, God bless the show. How they could do that. And <sighs> for me, energy for that. For me, bro, I'm like, yo, four people watched my Twitch stream, and I'm yeah. so stoked about that. And that's bro, like, because it grows, man. Because it grows. that is like, you know, or whatever it is, you know, like, yo, somebody liked me playing Metallica on my acoustic guitar on TikTok. I just think that's funny. Yeah. But some people be like, yo, it's not like professional content. I was in a chat yesterday. I was watching a podcast and there was yeah. like a little chat below and uh, they were talking about TikTok and then people were like, yeah, but it's like you got to make your, you got to make, uh, you know, it's just hard to make so many videos and keep up with them. I'm like, yo, it's really easy when you stop caring about quality yeah. being bigger than life and quality just being you on a, you could take your iPhone yeah. and be you in front of it 10 times a day. You do this all the time in your Instagram story. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get in and you just say something. That's like not. That's what I'm saying. I stopped <laughs> caring about what the real goal is. It's like, nah, I'm just gonna be me. Yeah. And eventually, like that. eventually, I'm gonna figure out the recipe that works. But I'm just gonna be me. I'm a, like this morning. I was on live for an hour, just cooking breakfast for my son. Yes. I was practicing my set, and people were just like having fun. We were talking shit. I was like, yo, like people were making fun of my beard. And it's just like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a community thing. And it's beautiful when you could be yourself. Because imagine having to try hard to Draining. be that persona on Draining, live. or bro. Uh, bro, I just... Draining. I would... I just don't. How? Buying followers, all that shit is just like, bro. Draining, bro. Like, you know why would I... I think of it like why? this. If social media were to die tomorrow, you know, how solid would most people be? There's some people who their whole life is social media. Their I, branding is on social media. And then... In the real life, they can't go to a, they can't book a show, like that whole, okay, like that whole aspect. Um, there's people on social media that have thousands and thousands of views, but they can't bring 10 people to a show. Yeah. You know, so that facade on social media is poisonous. Yeah, what does that mean? You know? I, it's kind of, I was having this conversation with my dad upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> before. Who, God? <laughs> yeah. But I was, yeah, I was having a conversation with my pops I'm upstairs. About, that's <laughs> I'm sorry, real quick, is my water over there? What do you apologize for? Because uh, that joke was... <laughs> In his backpack? Nah, nah. It was... You want me to go look for it? I don't know. If anyone can hear us outside and wants to bring us a water in, that would be awesome. A word? <laughs> it's like that? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. And get two for my man Robin, all right? Uh, we're coming up on the hour mark. Well, we've been we've been chatting for a minute. All right, Fire. but uh, but what I was like, what, what I was gonna say is, I was talking to my dad earlier, and we were talking about the fact that social media has become some like virtual reality yeah. that everybody lives in, and it's not the real world, dude. <sighs> it's sad, man. Oh, what a Ooh, guy! Glass, what a dude. guy! Bringing in the water. It what looks, do we got? Like it, five, ten minutes left. Fire. All right, perfect. Five fifty. Perfect. Um, yeah. So, well, but yeah, it's like this virtual reality that everyone lives, and everybody's out on. Even yeah. if you're not a brand or a business, like everybody's their own brand, and everyone think there's this like inherent thing where everyone's like, "Yeah, I have a platform, so I have yeah. to say something." It's like, what your social media account? Remember what social That's... media used to be, bro? 
Like social media used to be, I used to take pictures of my shoes. Even if you don't have a huge following, social media has given people this false sense of like power. I know. You know, and and cue the fucking cancel culture. Now, I do agree there's some people that don't belong in industries, in spaces, and of course, I 100% agree. I'm saying like there's some things that you have to get all the facts. We can't judge someone like right away. Like that's, it's just, it's irresponsible. You know, as human beings, to just cancel someone right away, like we really do have to get all the facts. Now, I'm not saying like you know, I don't know. It's it's messy. It's really it's, messy. It's not even, and I wasn't even honestly. I I agree, but I'm not even in not even in the cancel culture world, but just in general, everyone thinks that they have to project every thought ever because there's like some like yeah. inherent responsibility to do that, and it's like and I get that we should. There's some people that do deserve some sort of justice and whatever it is of course you know what i'm saying 100%, but like bro. we have to really like we have to really gather all the facts and 100 i don't i don't dis- i don't I'm, I'm mind you i don't disagree with people posting amazing information and like learning and teaching and talking and telling their stories and having conversations i think all of that is incredibly amazing i think it's everybody that's on the internet for some kind of a performance that ends i know up, man it just feels like, like the blind leading the you're, blind you're looking at it and you're like this and isn't, I mean, when you, especially when you know them in person and you're like, this isn't even like, this is like their virtual self. And like, the blind is really leading the blind and no one is themselves. Like, we have become an extension of just like bullshit, man. Like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. I don't, I don't need, I had to get off, uh, dude. Yeah, you have to, you have to unplug, you have to disconnect because guess what? When, when I get off my phone, I have the whole world in front of me. But and the, I have to live in it. The world is the world is what you do in your day to day life. You should always be striving to be a better person. Better person. You should always be striving to learn more. You should always be striving to learn how to like un- and a better person understand in, other other people yeah. and like where they're coming from and their so all of those things always one hundred percent. We should also be able to agree to disagree sometimes too, or or, or all the time because yes, I'm not going to hate someone for a certain view, but I don't have to be around them, but I don't have to hate them either. I oh, could really right. be like, yo, I could, in my mind, I'd be like, man, it's fucked up that this person thinks like this, but it's my choice whether I want to be around them or not. 100%. You and know? I just think that this, like, inherent, like, everyone thinking that they have some, like, thing to stand on and project, especially yeah. when they're projecting about other people, it's just that, you know, and if, and especially when they're projecting about other people they don't know. I know. It's kind of like, just mind like, your fucking business and be yourself. Be, be because when you wake like, up in the morning, learn. you have to look at yourself in the mirror and, and be like, yo, all right, that's the guy that's going to live today and, and, and strive yeah. to be better than yesterday. That's the thing. Who are we competing with? It has to be ourselves. Everyone's competing with everyone else I on can't. social media. I can't compete with you. I can't compete no. with Robin. I can't compete with Candace or AJK. I, I, have like, no, I have no desire to. That's the thing. Like We're all great at, at certain things. Uh, we're even better together. When we're all bad at certain things, we all make, like, we all say the wrong thing at some point. Collective collective is important. Yes. Uh, Being honest is important with yourself and with others. Uh, Being vocal about uh, what you feel is important as long as you're understanding uh, if the other person doesn't feel the same way and kind of find a middle ground or or not at all. But to be able to continue after that and um, and it's just important to uh, tell your story. Tell it, Even yeah. if it's fucking boring to you, someone might be going through that shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You dropped your fucking uh, uh, quesarito, I'm gu- I guarantee you somebody out there dropped their quesarito and they know <laughs> what that motherfucking heartbreak feels like. But if you can express it in an artistic way, it it brings gold. And not talking about financially. I mean, that's a part of it, but just it's, in a broader, like, you know, yeah, man, sense. It's just the 
the the the performance aspect of just watching people just straight up either one it's seemingly doing things yeah. for like some kind of attention or like whatever it is man like i it's just very it can be tiring not to bring this into a negative light but it's just something that i've been well, thinking it's, about and it's not negative bro so, we're humans bro we're humans so much the past couple months there's yeah. something like that we're just like why like this is so it goes back to the selfless yeah. selfish thing i think some people are take take things that happen in the world and they take that and they think that they're going to make some selfish agenda out of it and it's yeah. really it's whatever but anyway be yourself, do it yourself. You be know, yourself, do it yourself. We're that's that's where we're at. Yep. I, I, uh, so you're gonna you're gonna do your, your set. I, uh, I, I, this is we're kind of like you know we're 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 doing like a timed thing. You can see Robin in the in the down corner painting right man, there. Man, I love Robin, man. For yeah. real, Robin has my heart, man. Yeah, he's a, he's a the most. Dude. Listen, this dude, every merch drop, always buying a T-shirt, always coming to the shows, and. You know, like just the love, they just the genuine energy that he brings, man. Like I love chopping it up with him. Like he came out to uh, Pounds. To Pounds is pretty much like you know I would consider him my label mate. Yeah, you know, let, he's, let promote that. You know, Pounds is like you know he's the one that brought me under his wing. He's a a Rochester artist in hip hop. Uh, I guess quote unquote underground hip hop. And to me, he's a legend. Mm -hmm. um, he's been in the game for a long time. And Rochester, Buffalo, New York, they're making huge waves mm. in the underground hip-hop scene. And Pounds is definitely at the forefront of that as well. And he had a pop-up show to promote um, for his next album called There Is No Mafia. Oh, tight. And Robin told me about it. Yeah. He, he had a pop-up shop in Brooklyn, and Robin came out, bought some merch, um, bought CDs, and we were just chopping it up for an hour. We were talking about this fundraiser, and... I don't know, just talking to Robin for like that hour or two, like it just gave me a real sense of who he is as a person and as an artist. And I really fell for him, man. I really did. And and the love that he shows, because, you know, I don't expect anyone to come out. I, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where you either show up or you don't. Oh, yeah. I really don't give a fuck because well, I'm going to have to do what I have to do regardless, you know? Course. So just him coming to the shit, man, really just brightened my day. Um, Pounds was like, yo, that kid, man. Like, I was looking at some of his stuff on IG. It was really good. And, you know, so, um, yeah, Pounds is dropping an album next Friday. I'm dropping my album either the end of next month or, you know, early October. That's so exciting. You know, so. How many songs? Uh, seven or eight songs. Cool. You do guitar on some of them. I do. Yeah. What, what, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the House stuff of we did. I'll be playing some today, House of Straw. All the songs you do guitar on, most of them are on there. It's, it's so funny, though, we did that. That a long time ago, like a long time ago. Like, but the thing is, with it, was that a year ago? It was within probably. the past year. Yeah. But that's the importance of being yourself. I think when you're yourself and you make honest music, it lasts and it takes time. Because those songs are so old, but they'll be relevant five years from now. No, I agree. You know, so I'm just excited for the fourth quarter of this year, which we're in, and um, and just grateful for Pounds because he didn't have to do what he's doing for me. This guy doesn't need me. But he brought me under his wing. He's teaching me this how is four, to... This 448, right? 448. Four, four, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is Pounds right here. Can't really see it, but... Yeah. He's really taught me a lot. Business side, uh, music side, and just the game in general. And it's opened up my eyes, and it's helped me become a better beast. You know, I've that's learned awesome, to just talk less, do more. So I'm grateful for them. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a really good place to end it, I think, too. Like, just to talk less, do more. Joe just... But I think we talked about it a lot, and this is probably the most insightful into the name of the the into the name of the podcast episode I've done so far. 
where it's just like, yo, just be you, put your head down, and do your thing, and like cut all of the outside yeah. noise that does not add value to your life. Yeah. There are it's things rewarding, man. There, there are things that add value to life. Learning about what's going on in the world and understanding and like reflecting on how you can always be a better person, all very valuable things. But just staying within yourself and being yourself within that mold and learning how to grow and continue to to provide for yourself and other people around you. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's super uh, cool. I mean, we could, we, you know, we, I would love to do, maybe do a part two at some point. We could probably I would t- love to, too. Talk, like, so much wrestling, untold. Talk, talk wrestling, talk. There's so much, even even my performances now. But. Your performances now, we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about how we perform together. Yeah, I yeah. think tonight, in the middle, I think one of the slots at, like, three in the morning, four in the morning, was we're going to replay back some of the songs from oh, okay. the, when we did the, nice. but who knows what we... Yeah, we've had some amazing <laughs> sets together. Watching right? at three in the morning, yeah. but... We've had some monumental, to me, to my career, like... You have been a part of some legendary sets Appreciate where that. it really, where I realized this shit is real as fuck. Yeah, it's you know, but consistency is key, bro. That, like, that margarita show, man. That that was. Re- oh man, that I'm was not one even of my talking favorite. about that one, but margarita one was probably that was one of that's my at the top I've ever played. That showed us the big picture. I think you know that showed me the big picture. I was like, there's something here. Like there's you know? there's a community of people, and it's so diverse and so amazing and like um all right cool so we're gonna we're gonna hop off i think aj is gonna come back and we're gonna tune back in we're robbing for like a half hour and then uh and then blasco is gonna perform and it's gonna be really dope uh thanks for watching